The Internet's most listened to talk radio network, VoiceAmerica.com, with Joyce Bender and Disability Matters. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome, welcome to the show. I am so excited about our show today because we have with us today the Executive Director of the National Council on Independent Living, Mr. John Lancaster. And before John says anything, let me tell you how I met John. When I met John, he was the Chairman of the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities during the Clinton Administration, and he was reporting to Chairman Tony Quello. And after he did this great job, he went to Vietnam to help people in Vietnam with disabilities because, what can I say, he is just truly a great individual. And, John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce. It's uh, it's an honor to, to be on your show and to, and to have you particularly as the host. Well, we are so happy to have you back here in the United States leading us in the right direction, which is to help Americans with disabilities in the area of quality of life. And tell us, how are you enjoying your new role as the Executive Director of NICL? You've been doing this, is it about a year now, or how long? Well, not quite a year. I've been in the job for about a little over nine months. I started in January. Actually, the first of the year was technically my first day. started on January 3rd and have been in that role since. And I'm just I'm loving it. It's To my mind, it's the it's the best position uh, one could have in the disability community that wants to uh, work on our issues may not be the best paid, but it's certainly the best in the sense that we're the organization that's really in touch with the grassroots. Uh, uh, We are an organization of, by, and for people with disabilities. Uh, We're made up of centers for independent living all over this country. uh, serving uh, people with the most severe of disabilities and supporting them and living independently and productively in their own communities, uh, participating fully in life and uh, and making a difference. So, you know, what what greater job could one have than that? So, I'm I'm loving it, Joyce. Well, well and, uh, and we are loving having you in that role because I know that you'll take them to a level they have never been at before. But, John, I want to get right to it, and I want to tell all of our listeners, as you know, every show, every show I've committed to my listeners, we would talk about what we can do to help the victims of Hurricane Katrina. And thank God it wasn't even more devastating with Hurricane Rita. Uh, But I know that several of the independent living centers were impacted, and that's why I wanted to have you on uh, what, what, tell us about us. Tell us about what happened, so we can find out how we can help. Well, it, it's um, it's pretty pretty awful what uh, happened to not just people with disabilities, obviously, but everybody in in the Gulf Coast region. And but for people with severe disabilities and the, the centers for independent living operating in that area, it's been devastating. Uh, uh, the New Orleans Center for Independent Living was uh, just totally wiped out, uh, as was the center um, serving the Gulfport, uh, Biloxi, Mississippi area, and uh, the center in Mobile took a terrible hit. And 
these centers have really been uh, adversely impacted. We're still waiting to get accurate word on how they fared uh, uh, due to uh, Hurricane Rita. Uh, but Katrina was really devastating. I've been in contact in particular with uh, Yovanka Archaga, the executive director of the New Orleans Center, and uh, the things that have happened down there are just tragic. Uh, the last time I talked to her, which was, I believe, last Friday or Saturday, um, three, four days ago, um, um, she had been giving me running updates and gave me the latest update, but the New Orleans Center was supporting uh, well over a hundred uh, people with severe disabilities in the neighborhoods of uh, New Orleans and living independently of nursing homes and being productive in the community. And under FEMA regulations, they had uh, put in place uh, with the city and with the state of Louisiana appropriate evacuation protocols. So there are all these severely disabled people would be picked up in the event of a evacuation which was caused uh, by Hurricane uh, Katrina. And um, they all had numbers and were all on a route to be picked up, and uh, evidently they all had like an 800 number to call if they weren't being picked up. And uh, and as this thing uh, was bearing down, Katrina was bearing down in New Orleans, and uh, Yovanka was closing her center and getting her employees and stuff out, they started getting calls there from these consumers saying, um, I'm not being picked up, I'm not being picked up, I'm calling the 800 number, nobody's answering. And um, they, at that point, couldn't do anything about it. And uh, um, so far, what, almost a month now after the storm hit, Yovanka's only been able to identify 26 of over 100 severely disabled people that they were there was no attempt to ever pick them up and uh, she fears that the others are uh, are dead so that it's it's just a it's just a terrible uh, tragedy what happened uh, um, down there with Katrina uh, we're just getting horror stories of people with uh, physical disabilities that were living independently in the Gulf Coast region that have you know, lost their homes and have been scooped up and sent into nursing homes and faraway places like Idaho and Utah and Minnesota, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Texas. And they're being put in nursing homes there and under these special Medicaid waivers and nursing homes that uh, have empty beds. And now it's a brand-new battle to get them out of there because once a greedy nursing home operator gets someone with a severe disability in there and Medicaid fund following them. They ain't about to let go of that person without a fight. So uh, we've got our hands full. It's clear emergency protocols were not executed uh, properly, if at all. The people with disabilities are just at the very bottom of the rung and just just terrible, terrible uh, stuff. Now the governor of Louisiana is trying to make the centers down there and um, suspend all operations so that they can use the money for everything. We're battling that because uh, uh, we don't think the governor has the authority to stop federal funding that's flowing through to these centers and uh, uh, trying to even stop them from serving people that are in tremendous need of service in this time of uh, horrendous uh, problems. So it's, it's, 
it's an ongoing nightmare for people with disabilities in particular and uh, once again just showing the pervasive uh, discrimination and attitudinal problem towards people with disabilities in this country. That money, what is what is she wanting, what is the governor wanting to use that money for? Oh, emergency relief stuff, you know, I you know, hopefully it would somehow benefit people with disabilities too, but uh that's not clear, but evidently all operating so-called social agencies have been told to uh, suspend their activities and so that the money can be used for other things. I'm not clear what it's all about, but we're getting to the bottom of it and we're talking to RSA and Justice and uh, and folks in the state of Louisiana to try and uh, get some resolution to this. It seems pretty unreasonable to us. That everything you've just said. You know, you're listening to the show today. Remember how Justin Dart would say, vote us if your life depends upon it because it does. Hey, here, here's yeah. your thing, an exam, real life examples, folks. You know, we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up and get behind groups like Nickel and John Lancaster to help empower them and speak up. That's what it's going to yeah. take. We've got to speak up and we've got to be there or or look what happened. That is just terrible. And I guess you answered a question, John, from Jared in Kansas, who said, first of all, Mr. Lancaster, I have followed your career. I think you are a champion. What you did in Vietnam is absolutely tremendous. My question for you is, do you feel that we're going backwards with Olmstead from Katrina? Do you feel that people are going to be put back in institutions I'm not referring just to people in psychiatric situations, but even put into nursing homes unable yeah. to get out. Yeah, uh, that, yes, and I did partially answer that. And Jared, it's already happening. We're uh, we're starting to uh, see that. I mean, I'm sure it was well intended at first, you know, to get people into a safe environment and a place where they have a bed and food and and um, you know, a place to do bathroom business and uh, and out of the elements, that sort of stuff. But by the same token, there's no plan in place. And uh, our experience in this, this whole regard is that uh, it's going to be tough to get uh, people back out. So we're, uh, we're watching that uh, very, very closely. The other thing that's going to make it tough to keep people from being forced into institutions is people's homes have been wiped out, and there seems to be little, if any, understanding over at HUD or at FEMA or on the state level about accessible housing and uh, this uh, buying mobile homes and these other things to help people out. And they have no sense of what you need to do to make uh, a place so that someone who uh, uses a wheelchair or who is blind or has other... Uh, uh, mobility needs is going to be able to function in it. So it's, uh, they're, you know, we're up against some real, uh, serious battles and, uh, a lot of ignorant and, um, not sure whether they're even caring people, uh, uh, calling shots based on, uh, dollars and, uh, uh, trying to look good politically. Oh, reprehensible. That is so terrible. Even to think that and to think, well, you know, I know there are people during this time period that who did not have access to medication of all types who died right before other people's eyes, people with epilepsy, diabetes, or, you know, whatever the <clears throat> health care need was, heart medication. 
But worse than that, at the same time, is people just not getting any help, period. You know, what's going to happen now? So my question is, John, what can we do? Anyone of our listeners listening to you talk, what can we do to help? How can we support you? What can we do? Well, number one, uh, if you go to the NICL website at www.ncil.org, you'll see a lot of information about Katrina up there. And what we have is a whole bunch of links to a variety of different sources where people can get information and where people can learn how to send their support. Number two, Nickel has started a fund um, to support the rebuilding of the centers uh, in the Gulf Air region that have been devastated by uh, these uh, hurricanes. And we would more than welcome and gladly take any contributions uh, to that fund. And our website, again, at www.ncil.org, uh, tells people uh, how to make their contribution, where to send it, what to put on the check, that sort of thing. Um, and so that is something else that people definitely could do. A third thing that people can do is advocacy. Get involved in your community. Get in touch with your representative and your senator. Uh, tell them what you think about this situation and also the need to have proper po- protocols in place that are going to be executed if, if they, God forbid, need to be. Well, hold that uh, thought. To prevent hold these that. things happen. Right. Hold that thought because, John, I do want to talk about that more. We're going to break for one minute, and we will be back with our friend, the Executive Director of the National Council on Independent Living, Nickel, John Lancaster. You're listening to Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. 
Have you put down the morning paper in disgust because they weren't reporting what you wanted to read? Have you wondered why there aren't more women's voices in the news? Well, so have I, and we're about to change that. This is former Minnesota State Senator Ember Reichgott Young. I hope you'll join me for a new radio show every Thursday all about women on the move. We'll look at what's missing in the news, the issues often ignored in mainstream media, like how does Social Security reform really affect women? Why is the Department of Labor proposing to stop collecting workforce data on women? What role will women play in Iraq's new government? We'll create that debate right here. The Ember Reichgott Young Show will have prominent women you know and inspiring women you don't know. We'll share stories of women's leadership, courage, and vision. We just need you to be part of the conversation. So join us for the Ember Reichgott Young Show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time. It's all about you, women on the move, on voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back, and we are talking to, in my opinion, a great national leader, John Lancaster, the executive director of NICL, and really a longtime advocate in civil rights for Americans with significant disabilities. And I think we have Todd on the line. Yes. Todd. Todd Varick? Varwick. Varwick. Right. Okay, Todd. Um, you are on the board. You're the board representative for Nickel? I'm the board representative for Region 2, which is New York, New Jersey, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands. Well, welcome to the show. Very nice to have you on. Thank Tell you. me, what is your view on the impact of Katrina on Americans with significant disabilities? Well, you have to remember that I come from New York, and in New York we've already had a disaster where it was pretty much proven that we don't have a plan for evacuating persons with disabilities, and that disaster was 9-11. I think Hurricane Katrina just serves to reinforce the need that we, we as people with disabilities need to be involved in a very strong way in disaster planning. Um, you know, the stories that I could give you historically um, would be just as curling as the things that you're hearing out of Louisiana now. Um, we're not really learning from our mistakes, apparently, in our government. We we keep saying that we need to have all these meetings and we need to make all these arrangements and people with disabilities should be prepared to be on lists so that everybody knows where they are. But even when they know where they are, apparently it doesn't help. Well, you know, John, you were talking about grassroots, that nickel is a grassroots effort, and I just want to mention that uh, our good friend, Yoshiko Dart, who, of course, was married to the great Justin Dart, said to me one day recently, she said, you know, Joyce, Justin's success in getting everyone behind the Americans with Disabilities Act would have never happened had it not been a grassroots effort. It all begins with a grassroots effort. And, John, you were saying how people need to get involved um, and then I'm going to ask Todd the same thing. What do you think we can do? Well, I think in terms of um, uh, what they can do is in their communities um, is to approach uh, their local officials and their state officials and their federal representatives um, about this problem around uh, 
you know, evacuation plans and what to do in the event of a disaster and to make sure that the plans are in place, to make sure that there's some sort of sense on how they're going to be executed and that there's people uh, lined up and responsible for doing so and that they've had some appropriate training and practice and, uh, you know, that drills on some level are held and, uh, uh, to make sure that the people with disabilities themselves also are trained to know what it is that uh, they ought to be doing in the event of some uh, terrible disaster like that. It sounds like in New Orleans that they knew what to do, uh, but that the plan on the part of the officials was just not executed. So I think we need to be doing some uh, uh, serious advocacy here at uh, all levels of uh, government and uh, with a big attention on execution if, God forbid, the situation should arise. And, Todd, have, have you been trying to do something like that in New York? Have people been banding together trying to do something? What's been happening? I think you'll see, um, especially with the independent living centers down in New York City, that there is a large emphasis in New York on disaster planning. But in addition to everything that John said, for the listeners, which is absolutely true, I'm going to encourage those people that really matter to go to the American Red Cross. Um, the American Red Cross is, is uh, a big player in helping people survive disasters, large and small, and it starts with them. And in my the beginning of my independent living career, I worked a lot with my local Red Cross, and I was surprised about how little how little about disability issues they actually knew in the Red Cross. As, you know, as they ask us for our support for, you know, blood drives and other things that they do, I think it's important that in addition to dealing with the public policymakers, that those private agencies that are involved in disaster planning get that information, that you work with them to make sure that you as a person with a disability are prepared when a disaster strikes so that you know what to do, so you're not waiting for the government to come and save you. I think it's a proactive step that we as people with disabilities should be taking to protect ourselves. Yes, and with that, <clears throat> we have a caller on the line. I think Stan, Stan, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Okay, uh, go ahead, Stan Holbrook. Hi, I have a, a call for Mr. Lancaster. Uh, I have a question. Um, there's major support rallying around Senate Bill 1716 um, to provide uh, emergency health care relief uh, for folks that are victims of Katrina. Uh, my question to you um, is, from the way I'm understanding the bill, there's five months where there will be relief and another five months maybe that will reimburse states and presumptive eligibility and every it will be a seamless system for the first five months and maybe an additional ten, five more months. What happens after the ten months with folks in these services or I feel the bill, what happens, especially with the budget reconciliation process still kind of in the air? Just your opinion uh, of that bill and its shortfalls and what action we may need to take. Um, good question, Stan, and thanks a lot. Uh, uh, your listeners should know also that, that this is unique, Joyce. Stan's uh, one of the outstanding uh, board members of uh, NICL and uh, also very active in our uh, um, healthcare subcommittee. He's the, the chair of the healthcare, uh, subcommittee. And, uh, it's an excellent question and, uh, Stan, we're following that. 
And the concerns that we have around that bill um, are that the money, number one, that is available for the up to 10 months that hopefully it will be available is used appropriately and that it's not used for unnecessary institutional placements and that uh, people are going to have access to uh, uh, community-based supports and, and home-based supports. Um, the other thing is I think there needs to be a plan in place and it needs to be part of the bill uh, to get the folks set up so that whatever the supports and systems they had in place before Katrina are back in place, whether that's back in Louisiana or Texas or Mississippi or wherever it is that they may have been displaced from, um, or if for some reason they've chosen um, a new home. And I think there are other issues that need to be uh, looked at there, and that's uh, who um, is going to have access to um, assisting these people, who is going to be able to advocate for uh, on their behalf and with them, and to make sure that uh, we don't start creating a system which uh, ends up institutionalizing people who have um, experienced the terrible misfortune of a you know, the disaster of the magnitude of Katrina. And those are still unanswered questions. Um, So, Well, Stan, thank you very much for calling in. And may I mention that Stan Holbrook is the director of Three Rivers Center for Independent Living. And in a month or so, will also be joining us on the show. And thank you so much, Stan, for calling in. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Stan. Todd, are you still with us? Okay, we lost Todd. No, I'm still here. Oh, okay, Todd, I'm glad you're still here. I wanted to ask you one question. Uh, You were talking about the Red Cross and other suggestions that you have. My question for you is that do you feel that if, we, if we have enough people working in this grassroots effort, bringing attention to the news media and to our legislators, do you feel we'll be able to have a significant impact in raising the level of attention given to Americans with disabilities? Well, I think with enough grassroots advocacy, um, attention can be brought to any issue. But I, I especially think that this one has the potential to really kind of force, you know, major changes and things in the open. Um, again, I can only, you know, draw back on my, you know, my experience in living in New York State through September the 11th, and I remember that the stories that made the media were the stories about the disabled, the elderly that were uh, hurt in the building or helped or stranded. A lot of the same media attention is going on with Katrina. It's, I found it really unusual that we heard individual stories, but then once we started talking about evacuees, we didn't hear those stories as much. I think once the grassroots effort starts to get those stories out to, to say to the American people, this is where these people went. This is, what ha- this is what happened to these people. I think that's going to force some major changes in, in how we think about keeping people with disabilities independent, about what to do with them in the event of disaster and safety. Absolutely. I think it could bring out huge changes. How about you, John? What do you think? Yeah, well, I would concur with uh, with everything that uh, Todd said, and I think that's the uh, direction that we need to be headed. 
Well, Todd, I'm really glad you called in. I want to ask you, you know, what 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 is your strategy? What are you trying to accomplish, or what message do you want to get out to our listeners on your efforts in New York? Well, I have a simple hold message. It, hold it, Todd, and see, Todd, we're just determined to keep you on the show. You're going to have to stay with us till after the break. And we're going to break. We'll be right back. We're talking to Todd and John, representative from Nickel on the board and executive director of Nickel. This is Joyce Bender. You're listening to The Voice of VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dogs. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. If you have a question or comment for Joyce or her guest, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now back to Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And if you just tuned in, we're talking to John Lancaster, the Executive Director of Nickel, and one of his board representatives who I was just talking to before we went to break. Todd, do you want to go back to what you were saying? Sure. Um, we were talking about you know the, the kinds of things that we're doing in New York with regard to disaster preparedness. And what I'm going to do when I answer that is I'm going to reflect that back out to the listener. In New York, we're, we're looking at three basic things. One is the general 
disaster preparedness of what happens in our communities when a disaster strikes. For us, it was terrorism. For Louisiana, it was a natural disaster. It could be something as simple, you know, as a as a plane crash or something, you know, an act of God. Um, part of that is working with those government officials to make sure that disability needs are met. The second thing is to prepare people with disabilities to know what to do in the event of a disaster. I work for the Buffalo Independent Living Center. Um, if there's one thing that Buffalo is known for, surprisingly, it's snow. So one of the things that we do with our consumers is say, what's going to happen when the snow falls and the wheelchairs can't move? How are you prepared for that? How are you going to be prepared for an emergency? Each and every person should be able to think about what they should be, what they would be doing in the event of an emergency. And the third thing is, we all have to come together as citizens of the United States and support those people that have been victims of this tragedy. Um, I'm going to go right along with John and encourage people to to donate to disaster funds, donate to the Nickel Fund if independent living is something that's important to you. Donate to the Red Cross if that's important to you. Donate, put your money where it'll do the most good, but don't be afraid to put your money where it'll do the most good because that's the only way that these people are going to rebuild. Oh, I agree with you completely. I mean, that is it because, I, you know, we've probably, many of you and our listeners have seen on the news where at some shelters, you know, people gave so many clothes, things of that nature, that they, they, could, they didn't even have enough people to handle all the clothes they were being given, and a lot of that went to waste. And what they really need right now are dollars, money. Now, I don't know, John, I have seen emails also that in Biloxi and, and New Orleans, some of these living centers, are they also looking for wheelchairs and things of that nature? Um, that's um, a little bit more of an issue and needs to be more carefully coordinated, Joyce. I know at, at first there was a huge need for that, but so much durable medical equipment has fortunately come through and been of a tremendous support to people that uh, at least I know in the uh, Biloxi uh, Gulfport area, they actually had a request not to send any more because they... Uh, they they didn't have a place to put it, and they couldn't distribute it fast enough, and they're trying to set up systems to coordinate that where they need it. Now, Nickel was able to broker between United Spinal. Uh, United Spinal made a wonderful donation to the New Orleans Center um, to help people, and that they had a, a lift-equipped bus that they were no longer using that they used to use for recreational and other purposes. They quickly got it in the shop, uh, rehabbed it, fixed a few things, uh, oil change, grease, lube, and all that. And then they jammed the bus, this uh, wheelchair-accessible bus, jammed full of durable medical equipment, wheelchairs, and other things, and then delivered it complete with a a technician all the way to Baton Rouge. They actually drove it from outside of New York City, Jamaica Plains, United Spinal did all the way to um, all the way to uh, Baton Rouge. Delivered, turned over the title to the bus and all the equipment, and technicians stayed and helped people, and they just did tremendous things with it. And I'm I'm just glad that uh, Nickel was able to uh, uh, that we were able to help out, being a, a broker to make that happen between United Spinal and the New Orleans Center. But I know they had a tremendous need for it, and they may still, and we're not sure yet about. Um, you know, what's happened here because of Rita. So there may still be need for things like that. And that's, again, something that it, that if people are interested in that, by following our website and the links to other um, 
websites on our site that they'll be able to uh, determine what these needs are and how to make a donation of a used wheelchair, for example, if they wanted to do that. And I, I think that's a good idea. You know, I think right now, if you don't know what to do, your safest thing to do is donate money. I always tell people every day when you think of that one extra thing you're going to do, spend money on. Think of these people right now, homeless, living in shelters or in nursing homes. They are our fellow Americans who need our help. And that's what you need to do. Donate money. Um, and Todd, I wanted to ask you, how did you first get involved in this whole disability area? Well, again, I work for an independent living center out of Buffalo, New York. I am a person with a disability, um, a developmental one. I, you know, I kind of grew up with it. And I started in working, working with disabled students at my local college. There was a a grassroots group that did that, um, and that transitioned into a job at uh, the Independent Living Center where I work today. Boy, that is really great. And you're at a meeting in New York, John. What is the meeting that you're at? It's um, Todd and I are both attending the um, the State of New York's uh, State Independent Living Councils, NYSILC, as they say, uh, New York State Independent Living Councils, um, conference and meeting, uh, they have a very strong theme on statewide systems advocacy network and uh, how to effectuate uh, systems advocacy change uh, in the communities that they are from around New York State and in the state itself. Um, and uh, I happen to be their uh, luncheon speaker. And um, uh, Todd was just uh, honored with uh, an advocacy award at the at the awards luncheon that, that happened in the, um, during this uh, during this conference. So uh, it's a, it's a great conference. They've had excellent speakers, and they've been talking about uh, issues. Uh, within the state legislature around uh, Medicaid funding and waivers and uh, um, housing and other issues and how to effectuate uh, appropriate change within the state of New York. So it's a, a great thing. Um, uh, Doug Hovey, who is a center director in uh, one of the towns here in New York, is the chair of the of the New York State Independent Living Council, and Brad Williams is the executive director, and uh, Todd works through his center very closely with the uh, with NYSILC, and uh, so it's a, it's a great conference. Well, Todd, congratulations on receiving that award. Thank you very much. It's, you know, we need everyone. You can, one person can make a difference. There's no doubt about it. One person can make a difference, and we need everyone. We need everyone involved in this whole grassroots effort of quality of life for Americans with disabilities. And I'm sure you were very pleased having John Lancaster as your speaker, and I'm very proud to tell you that November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, the U.S. BLN Conference, Business Leadership Network Conference, will this year be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and one of our speakers is John Lancaster. He's a great speaker. You, You should come and see him. Yes, he is fantastic. He is. And, and if you want to know more about that conference, by the way, just go to www.usbln.org so that you can register to be at that conference. It is packed with some powerhouse speakers such as Tony Quello, John Lancaster, 
Andy and Parado. In addition to that, CEOs of various corporations. So I'm sure that will be a great conference. And, John, we're looking forward to having you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, speaking at that conference. Well, it's going to be fun to be in Pittsburgh, Joyce. Uh, We'll be delighted to have you here. John, we received many, many emails for you uh, with one word with a question mark, and that word was Medicaid. So I have to tell you, I, I myself am very worried from recent things I've been reading, such as a recent article in the New York Times stating that, you know, because of all the monies needed for Katrina and the war, that, in fact, Medicaid could be cut. And I know you know about the recent uh, demonstration where there were like 100-some people there uh, protesting this possibility. What is your opinion about what is going to happen with Medicaid? Because that is what we received a large number of email saying, Mr. Lancaster, what are your views on what's going to happen with Medicaid? Well, yeah, I'd, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I think the jury is very much out on that one. I'll tell you, we're in for a big battle over the uh, the reconciliation over Medicaid. And uh, I think the Medicaid Commission is going to have hopefully some say in this and is going to have a reasonable, informed input. Uh, the things that concerns me are the conservatives up on the Hill, uh, particularly the conservative bean counters in the House and the Senate, uh, that are bound and determined to give their uh, tax break to the upper middle class and the wealthy in this country, no matter how many wars or how many disasters we have. And uh, so there's not too many places to take it from if you're funding uh, um, wars halfway around the world and uh, and disaster relief, which uh, disaster relief we certainly need to be doing. Um, but if you're not going to raise some taxes, then uh, your alternatives get pretty stark. And um, I know Nickel is going to fight hard and long to see that, uh, number one, that Medicaid funding is not uh, cut, and particularly uh, not cut in a way that uh, significantly impacts or hurts. Uh, people with severe disabilities. I'll tell you one thing, if they wanted to save some money on Medicaid, they'd start doing the right things in Congress to make sure that the money shifted into the hands of the long-term care dollars in particular were shifted into the hands uh, of folks that are providing community-based um, uh, services, home-based services, as opposed to the um, institutional bias that it currently exists of of wanting to serve people in nursing homes and in state institutions. It's just terrible. In this country, I am ashamed to say that there are still 23 states, 23 states, Joyce, in which their long-term care Medicaid dollars, over 80% of their long-term care Medicaid dollars are spent on putting people with disabilities and elderly people that don't need to necessarily be there into nursing home and state institutions when they could more appropriately be served in the community at a much lower, lower cost. So if you want to save money, start breaking up the institutional model of Medicaid money and using it in the community. Wow. Wow. 
is why you have to be educated. And we'll talk about that when we come right back with our champion, the executive director of Nickel and civil rights leader in this country, John Lancaster and board member Todd. We'll be right back. You're listening to Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. My name is Maxine Thompson, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And we have been talking to John Lancaster, the Executive Director of the National Council on Independent Living, known as NICL, and to Todd Verrick from the board of NICL, who is in New York. And you know, John, one thing that really bothers me, is how many Americans with significant disabilities are not educated on all of these issues you're talking about? Well, it's, uh, that is true, Joyce. There's so many Americans in general, let alone Americans with disabilities, who aren't educated on these uh, Medicaid issues. And believe me, they're not simple issues. The way the government and the states can write uh, regulations and laws and waivers and ins and outs and who it applies to and who doesn't and all of this stuff. It's not, it's, it's complicated and not real transparent. So it is, uh, um, it is tough stuff to get a handle around, but there are certain principles that ought to apply everywhere and supporting people in living productively and independently in the community as possible ought to be a basic bottom line. Well, you know, when I say it bothers me, as you pointed out, 
non-disabled people are equally not educated on what's going on a lot of times as it impacts them. But what I'm meaning is that's why I think you are so important and your organization is so important. I believe we have to have these grassroots efforts to get the message out to people so that they know personally this is what's going to happen to you if Medicaid is cut. You know, this is where you could be put if Medicaid is cut. That, that's why I really think it's important to have your advocacy and to have a group like Nickel and to all the work that Todd is doing. And, you know, I am committed, John, to continuing uh, having your group on my radio show because I want all of our listeners to know what's happening. I want them to know. Do you have any other suggestions, Todd, and John, of what you think we could do to make people more informed on these issues? Well, I do think that we need more public attention on these issues. I think the average American does not understand these issues. The average American is not eligible for Medicaid, although they might know someone in their family who is. Um, and the the average American doesn't necessarily have to deal with Medicaid other than through their tax dollars. And um, what they need to understand is that they'll have less tax dollars and people will be served in a much more humane and productive way if we start calling public attention to this, taking on the tremendous nursing home lobby, and getting our state-level and federal-level politicians to start changing laws and regulations so that this big government program, health care program, um, is supportive of people and not imprisoning them unnecessarily. And how about you, Todd? What's your opinion? Maybe we lost that. May have lost him. Yeah, in the uh, last but break. I'll tell you, John. My opinion is the same as yours. And if you're listening to the show, remember, being educated is so important to you personally, and what's going to happen to you and to your to your life. And once again, John, what is your website? Uh, it's www.ncil.org www.nickel.org, and uh, it's important for people to understand these issues. Uh, and they're not e- like I say, they're not easy to understand because each state has its own Medicare uh, rules and regulations. Um, they they have to meet certain federal par- parameters, but they're uh, uh, each it's different from state to state to state. So you got to understand what's going on in your state. This is an issue where you need to be taking on your state legislatures and your governor um, and understanding what's happening in your state. Yes, indeed. And let me tell you, step number one, register to vote. Absolutely. You must register to vote so you can vote because until you can vote, we can't make a difference. You know, if we get a lot of people registered to vote, and I am behind this 100 at 50%. Think of the power we would have with presidential candidates if we said, by the way, we have an extra 10 million votes. You would see suddenly disability being talked about. It's not now. We have to get people registered to vote. 
I know at Nickel. Don't you work on that, John? Yes, we do. We're uh, very involved in um, the HAVA Act, as they say, in getting uh, people registered to vote and uh, getting them out to vote. We coordinate very closely with a whole group of organizations working on getting people with disabilities registered to vote and voting, and that, that effort's being left led very ably by uh, AAPD, the American Association of People with Disabilities, and Andy Imperato and his great staff, uh, Jim Dixon, who's in charge of that. Um, and uh, Nickel collaborates very closely with them and uh, are working um, in, in a supportive way um, to make that happen in our communities and uh, everywhere and that very, our members are. I'm very honored to tell you that since I joined the board of AAPD, that I am the person that will, from the board, that will be working with Jim Dixon. Oh, so great. You know, I am going to be pushing this uh, nonstop. You've got to vote. You've got to get registered to vote. Mm-hmm. That We've got to start at the basics somehow. Well, John, what is your plan? What are you wanting to see happen over the next few years as the leader of NICL? What, what do you want to do? Well, uh, internally I want to build our membership, Joyce, so that absolutely every federally funded center for independent living and every non-federally funded center for independent living becomes a member of NICL. Right now we got about 70% of the centers around the country involved in our membership, and we want to get them all. We want to have absolutely every center involved. So internally that's, I think, our biggest issue. Um, That'll give us a lot more clout and power and advocacy ability in Washington, D.C. The second thing that Nickel really wants to achieve over the next several years, I'd say our number one priority, is busting up this institutional bias that we've been talking about and getting rid of the stranglehold that nursing homes and state institutions have over people with disabilities um, and it's it's just totally uncalled for, totally inappropriate with a in this great nation of the United States of America and where we've come as a society. It's simply unacceptable in the year 2005, and and it's shameful that it still exists. And we're going to be taking on the nursing home lobby and uh, the politicians and the policymakers that are are resistive to this type of change, and we're going to make it happen. And you know what? We are going to be behind you 100%. We are behind you 100%. And, I mean, that is so important. It really is. Why should an American be put in a prison just because they have a disability? And that's how I feel about it. Absolutely. Well, John, what message would you like to leave today with our listeners? Well, if you're not a member of Nickel, join. Go to our website and join. Uh, number two, if there's a contribution you can be making either through Nickel or some other organization, as Todd mentioned, to uh, to support the uh, the victims of Hurricane uh, uh, Katrina and uh, Rita, um, please do so. Um, let's join us in supporting people with disabilities and and living independently and productively in their communities. And, John, how do you become a member of NICL? Go to our website. Uh, individual memberships are $35 a, um, uh, a year, and you can uh, access the membership blank and information on a, at our website. That's the easiest way, www.ncil.org. Or call Justin Chapel, our membership director, 
at 703-525-3406. Okay, we have that number one more time. 703-525-3406. And ask for Justin? Chapel. Chapel. And again, that's $35 per person. Is that for a year? That's for a year, yep. Yes. And you get a say in the organization. As a member, you have a, a vote within the Council of uh, Independent Living, and um, you get uh, significant discounts on our annual conference, our training programs, and other information. And you get information. Yes, lots of so important. Well, John, first of all, thank you so much for joining us again. You are welcome anytime on this show. I respect you, and I just, my hat is off to you. I think you're wonderful, and I so much appreciate you joining us. And to our listeners, as you know, we end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader, and today it is from a good friend of John and mine, the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, Tony Quello, who said at a recent conference when he spoke about employing people with disabilities, he said, give us the right to be fired. Give us that right. <laughs> you know what it's all about. No yeah. pity. Equal opportunity. Yeah. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Joyce. My pleasure, and we'll see you next week on Disability Matters with Joyce Benjamin. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.